Today's episode of the Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Kevin Stefanski's jawline. Mr. Stefanski's rugged good looks and five o'clock shadow will turn any NFL franchise around, including the Browns. Also, a shout out to Zabel Apparel. I still believe through the cold and through the heat, through the rain and through the tears, through the crowds and through the cheers. Oh, I still believe. Victory Tuesday. Victory That's Tuesday. <laughs> oh, dude, are we on four Victory Mondays in a row? Four Victory Mondays in a row. And I had to actually, when I made that post on Monday, I had to double check because I, I we've never had this before. This is unbelievable. We are in uncharted waters here, y'all. The, it's still Victory Monday after a Thursday win. But yeah, of course. Right. I don't know Just if let, there was like some... Let the music keep going. We're, we're four and one, baby. Let's go. Four and one. Last time the Browns were four and one. I don't know. There's all these stats of last time's Browns did things that were kick ass. It was during the Belichick era. This is this is insane. I got some yak. My cup of yak. You ready to talk some Browns? Ready to pot? I'm ready to pot tonight. Let's figurative cheers through the Zoom. Cheers. Got a little. Got some yak. I'm ready to pot. You ready to pot? I'm ready to pot, baby. I am ready to pot. I. That, that was the biggest win of the year so far. So far. Uh, yes, I think so. The reason why I hesitate is because Dallas is obviously being more of a brand name, that being America's team, and going down there on a you know in a way game and doing it. But yes, the Colts game was unbelievable. Uh, Browns won 32-23. We'll get into that. Let's get into that contest first. All righty. Uh, do you want to describe the contest? I suck at describing contests. For new listeners, describe the contest for new listeners, for old listeners alike who don't know what we're doing. A few weeks ago, we opened up a contest on the Instagram machine at Angry Browns Fans that we encourage people to leave reviews for the podcast on iTunes and rewrite a Creed or Nickelback or Smash Mouth or one of those band's songs but putting in Browns lyrics instead. Just the same way that we do on the podcast when Muccio, shout out Muccio, records the songs and put them on here. So we put out the challenge. The best one that we can find or the best one submitted in those reviews to a clear Nickelback song will win a brand spanking new Baker Mayfield home jersey. And to announce that is my co-host, Raleigh. We were expecting there to be like five of these, and we're going to do it the next five. week. There were like 30 I was, of them. I was praying for like two, but yeah. Yeah, and they were incredible. If you didn't win the contest, please note that I read, we read your reviews, and they were all laugh out loud funny. They were all high quality. Um, we decided that the winner belonged to Mr. Mike Lehman, who actually, funny enough, is also a freelance writer. You've seen some of his stuff in cleveland.com. He just writes a bunch of great articles. Good dude. We're going to have him on the pod. But he put together what I believe the most complete variation of with Arms Wide Open by Creed together. Well, I just heard the news today. Stream down my face When I told him he won, he said, oh, you know what, give the jersey to some kid. And I said, thank you, Mike, that makes sense. You're an adult man and uh, you're a dude. So we essentially randomly chose from one of the other 30 submissions with the winner belonging to, wait for it, wait for it, Mr. Adam Roth. Or Adam, Adam Roth. Roth Adam Roth, you did it. Adam Roth, you did it. And his song was also a variation of With Arms Wide Open. There were like 10 of the 30 submissions were all With Arms Wide Open, which is the best choice. Anyway, I'll try to read it in uh, the Creed guy's voice. I just heard <clears throat> Jim Donovan, it seems the Browns are going to win. I chug my beer. Begin to pray to Kareem Hunt and OBJ with juice wide open. 
under the dog pound and you get the rest. We'll have Mucci will do a better version of it. That I was, just, I'm like kind of shocked that you just did that that well. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I didn't huh. know you had that in you. Uh, oh, to echo what Raleigh just said, seriously, many thanks to people who entered. There were so many submissions and I, I wish we would have recorded you and I reading and singing every single one of them. I literally sat here at my desk and I played with arms right open. I repeat like 10 times so I could like, go through every one of those lyrics to hear them like along with the song or any other songs. Uh, shout out to Nirvana submission from uh, my Lakewood people. Love that one too. I, there's a very good chance that somewhere down the road, all these songs will be made one way or another. I, I gotta, since we're shouting out, my favorite Nickelback one was uh, never made it as a lineman. Oh yeah. Couldn't yeah. cut it as a wide receiver. Um, sorry. There some kid. gems. There's some gems. Wrote- that if you're hearing this and you think i almost made it well you did but there will be other contests in the future i don't know if they're going to be browns nickelback creed songs contest but thanks again guys fantastic stuff um quick segment before we get into the interview we realize that we don't do enough uh hard stat stuff i get pretty bored with stats but right now brown stats they're hot dude so we asked uh people to send us a bunch of stats that we could read I recorded it earlier today when I was bored at work, kind of going like, you know, when you're listening to the radio and you hear the uh, traffic guy do uh, give a recap of what traffic is looking like that day. Actually, do those guys even exist anymore with iPhones? I don't know. Are they in the helicopter still? Yeah. Well, we'll keep it alive with that kind of vibe going to this um, little mini segment. Who knows if we'll ever do it again. Sky's the limit, but take it away, me. Thanks, guys. This week's episode of Brown Stats is brought to you by the followers of Angry Browns fans who probably, hopefully, also listen to the Dogs of War podcast. Most of these stats are probably true. We did not look up any of them at all. So if something's not true, don't come at us hard in the comments with a fact check because we don't really give a shit. Now, let's get into those Brown Stats. Miles Garrett has the most pass pressures in the NFL, tallying 33. The Cleveland Browns are 2-0 while wearing orange pants. I average one car bomb per half against the Colts. Not me, but loyal dog of war, Gavin Schweitzer. Shout out Gavin, drink responsibly. The Browns have the same record as the Chiefs, Bills, and Ravens at 4-1. For the 2020 season, Baker Mayfield now has four straight multi-touchdown games. Phillip Rivers has more children than the Standing Army of Luxembourg has soldiers. The last time the Browns were 4-1, Baker Mayfield and most of the players were not even born yet. Kevin, our beloved co-host, was only 5. On Sunday, the Browns looked good as fuck. In Sunday's game, the Browns only had 2 penalties for a total of 10 yards. It's actually a really good one. Shout out Tito Teets. Odell Beckham Jr. has a 100% pass complete percentage on the year. Miles Garrett has had points scored off of his efforts in the last four out of five games. The Browns put up 32 points against a team that has only allowed a total of 56 points prior to this game. Last time the Browns were 4-1, Forrest Gump had just come out and Michael Jordan was still playing basketball. Pretty sure that's true. 72% of stats are made up on the spot. (laughs) Cody Parkey has learned how to dominate the field goal post. The Cleveland Browns are 100% confirmed. This was the fourth game in a row where the Browns have scored more than 30 points. Last Sunday was Phillip Rivers' first touchdownless game since joining the Colts. Baker Mayfield is now tied as the winningest active QB in First Energy Stadium. He just tied Ben Roethlisberger with that last win. According to PFF, or Pro Football Focus, The Cleveland Browns are 100% confirmed. Jarvis Landry is one of five players to have multiple catches in 100 consecutive games. The most important stat for any quarterback or team is a W, and the Browns now have four of them. Kevin Stefanski has the highest win percentage of any head coach in Browns history. The Steelers have yet to play any NFL team with a winning record in the 2020 season. The Cleveland Browns are 2-0 since Raleigh has been married and started wearing the Ring of Power. More on that next. 
Thank you to everybody that submitted a Brown stat this week. Back to you guys, and go Browns. Victory Tuesday after Victory Monday. Victory Week just feels so good. It's so great to have this to get used to because we don't know what the hell it feels like because we never had this before. But again, the Browns' fourth straight win this past Sunday over the Colts, 32-23. to It's our best start in 26 years. That's 1994. I was six years old. Go get your calculators, do your math, folks. Even despite Baker saying this was his worst game of the year, we pulled it out. A win's a win. And look, you know, there's always this talk about fourth quarter or third quarter, he didn't do so well, and this and that. Look, it's like my man Vin Diesel says. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. That's what matters here. Shouts to our guy Ronnie Harrison for his first start in a 47-yard pick six, despite now that he has a concussion, is out for a while. Greedy's also out for a while, but that's nothing new. I, uh, I'm happy right now. I'm in a good place. Yeah, and you should be. <laughs> By the way, when you mention that, it's like, yeah, this guy gets a pick six, and he's concussed. Like, there has to be a little bit of old-school Cleveland. Stay humble. But the play calling is sick. I'm so stoked that it looks like this team is evolving with each game. Like One of the cool lines Baker said was, yeah, there's some lessons to learn, but we get to learn it after a win, not after a loss. And the most important quarterback stat is – the most important quarterback stat is Kevin. QBR? What are you talking about? Wins, baby! And we're 4-1. Yeah. and one. I love it. Actually, Tomlin, Steelers coach, today in an interview said, we love being in the kitchen, and AFC North ball is in the kitchen. It's hot in the North. So Tomlin, like him or not, he's always going to have some of the best sound bites there is. Um, speaking of sound bites, speaking of evolving, how is your one-week-old marriage evolving so far? <laughs> uh, what am I, eight days? Nine days last Saturday. So we just had a, a mini moon in Scottsdale, Arizona. It was incredible. Watched the game out there with my cousins. Shout out Mark. Shout out Andrea. Shout out little Ava and Hawkins, young Hawkins. That being said, eight days within the marriage and I lost my wedding ring. The ring of power is missing. How? I wish I knew, as I tell you, I've had it since I've been back. Got back last night. Oh, it wasn't, like a, it wasn't like at a bar or something like that? No, I'm not taking my ring off at bar. I, I don't even remember taking it off. No, That's no obviously, off. yeah, no shit, you're not taking it off at the bar, but I feel like people lose them when they're out and about, they don't realize it fell off, like, at a bar or somewhere. I know you're on a honeymoon. That's why. Yeah, unfaithful pieces of shit. Not this guy. I just take mine off in my sleep. That apparently. is not what I was insinuating at all. <laughs> but, no, seriously, it's been blowing my mind, our mind. I, I've been searching every nook and cranny of this apartment. It is yet to show up, so going to be something from Amazon. I don't care. I need something on my finger for that game because it's currently 2-0. Yeah, the ring of power is 2-0, which can be replicated with a different ring of a lower quality material. I've never been married, so I have no advice or, or tips to give you. Uh, I guess just don't tell Kate if it happens again. Yeah, that's uh, – I have no game plan for this. I'm like, well, if I keep losing a ring – once every eight days, that's going to add up real quick over the course of a marriage. So, yeah, no idea. Oh, and I, we got a shout out, Emily and Annie, uh, the Wilkinson sisters. They sent me a very nice wedding gift, a football-shaped charcuterie board that says Raleigh and Kate forever. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. Uh, best people in the world. Thank sisters you, guys. Wilkinson. I got to get married now, so I can say I got a gift from Sisters Wilkinson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you do that. They don't just uh, send a, a football-shaped charcuterie board to everyone. We brought on our friend Dave Bryan. Dave was on the podcast last year to talk about the Steelers game, uh, one of them. He runs Steelers Depot, SteelersDepot.com, the terrible podcast. Uh, this is my new – We're gonna. he doesn't know this yet. He's a reoccurring guest already. We're going to have Dave on for every Steelers game moving forward because – He's my favorite interview because this guy knows more about the Steelers and probably more about the Browns than like anyone outside his organizations. I mean, the way this guy talks and knows these numbers and stats and players, he's the interview where I had a bunch of questions written down on this piece of paper in front of me. And I only asked like you'll hear in the interview, we only asked like three questions because he just naturally answered every other question I wanted to ask and you wanted to ask. So that's the beauty. That's the perfect interview right there. Perfect for our natural laziness. But that, perfect exactly, guess. 
Exactly. So once again, thanks, Dave, for coming on. Let's get over to the interview right now. Now, welcome back onto the Dogs of War podcast, our friend Dave Bryan from Steelers Depot. You can find that at SteelersDepot.com. You can find him on Twitter at Steelers Depot. He came on last year before one of the Steelers games to help us break down the upcoming game against our foes from Pittsburgh. Dave, sir, how are we doing? I'm doing great, guys. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to your Super Bowl week. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't okay. talked to you since we haven't talked to you since Helmet Gate last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, let's uh, let's not bring that game back up anymore. I mean, look, I we we were tired about you. Know, uh, look, there's one thing I hate having to write about and blog about and talk about is stuff that happens, you know, outside of playing football. You know, I I, I get I got into this and 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 made it a career. Uh, because I, you know, I love the game. You know, I hate all the little other outside things that go along with it, and unfortunately, that's part of the business. You have to write a, but you know, trust me, not long after, and it just seemed like every other, you know, every other day there was something new coming up about it. You know, Miles Garrett said this. Garrett, <laughs> I just give him a frame of reference of the last time we talked. Yes, we we've moved on from it emotionally, physically, mentally. Happy to have you back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, Dave, that was that was the best entrance we've had from a guest yet. So kudos to you. Uh, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of making a career, you know, Dave, for people that didn't listen to the episode last year we had you on, can you just break down real quick, intro the listeners, our new listeners, to Steelers Depot and, and yourself. Oh, wow. I'm uh, now like, what am I, 52, I think. I'm uh, born and raised in Florida, became a Steelers fan as a very, very young child. Uh, my father was a Cowboys slash Dolphins fan. Uh, I became a Steelers fan because pretty much it got underneath his skin, so the story goes. So uh, anyway, uh, fast forward, I started Steelers Depot, let's see, I think around 2008, right around in there. It was just kind of a, a affiliate, you know, uh, uh, merchandise kind of uh, play with, uh, you know, kind, kind of storefront there at first. And then it, not, not long after that, I uh, started to see the power of, of, of blogging and the power of the internet and, and you know, just started blogging and, and uh, obviously uh, not having, you know, I look, I was a, I was a high school push out, not a high, you know, not a dropout. I graduated, but it got, I got pushed out. So uh, it, it took a while to catch on to, you know, to things, but uh, here we are now, what, 12 years later, uh, got probably the largest single Steelers blog on the internet. Uh, I it has fully supported me for years. I have two other full time uh, guys with me, and about six or seven other part timers. So everybody gets paid that works for the site. Uh, we have a podcast, the Terrible Podcast, has been going now since like 2010. Uh, on that, so uh, here we are. So Dave, you're you're eating well. Everyone's eating well over Steelers Depot, to say the least. Absolutely, they are. And I will and, and say, pretty, pretty, pretty it, proud of that. Yeah, and you should be. And even to the non-Steelers fans, if you haven't checked out SteelersDepot.com, they have a new article pops up every like three minutes. Like you can't refresh the page <laughs> on something new. And a lot, there's a lot of non-Steelers content as well, just general NFL content. So give them a look. Um, Dave, want to talk about you know both of our teams coming out of the gates hot to start this season. Uh, I know that you're gonna know the answer to this question, but I just heard it for the first time earlier, and I want to give it to Raleigh as a trivia question. Is it a layup? No. The Steelers are 4-0 to start the season. When was the last time the Steelers started 4-0? What year was it? Um, well, I, I just said um as if there's a single chance of me getting this correctly. Just give a year. Um, I'd like to say 1972. Wow, not far. 1979. So, Dave, I heard that stat on Twitter – or not Twitter, on Cleveland Radio this morning, and you think about all the success Steelers have had over the years, how many winning seasons, how many trophies. Uh, I was shocked that you guys haven't started 4-0 and since 79. 
Yeah, in fact, uh, the light, you know, they, they've done it three times in franchise history, 1973, 1978, and 1979. And 1978 and 1979 were both Super Bowl winning seasons that year. Uh, so yeah, it, 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 it has oh, been a long, long, you know, been a long time. So we're, we're hoping that, uh, the trend stays alive here, you know, and, and, and you know, four and results now in, in yet another Super Bowl here, but yeah, look, I mean, uh, you know, you, you look at the history of this franchise, even going all the way back to, let's say 1978 and the winning seasons that they've had. And, and even in the, uh, even, even in the, uh, the, the cower in the Tomlin era so far, you know, Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season yet. You would think. In, in in a few of those, you know, or at least one of them, there would have been a four and zero start. But no, there hasn't been. So uh, obviously, it's a it, it's a huge significance that this year's Steelers team has started off four and zero. And look, I mean, the, the game against the Titans obviously got uh, got got postponed. Would they have been four and zero had they uh, played the, played the Titans? We'll never know the answer to that. But uh, here they are, four and zero, and we'll see what what they can do with it from here. That's about as Brown's luck as it gets. I bring up a trivia question, and it's a year they won a Super Bowl. That's pretty <laughs> This so, guy's Steelers blogs. So you guys are supposed to put the – for those of you living under a rock or the 480 bridge, shout out to people under the 480 bridge, uh, you guys were – Steelers were supposed to play the Titans. Titans had a COVID outbreak, and the game got postponed, and so you guys turned week four into a bye week. Am I, am I correct? That is correct. And their bye week, week eight, got uh, – got turned into the Ravens game and then the Titans uh, uh, week seven, which the Sears were originally, so I think supposed to play uh, the, the Ravens in that got turned into uh, the new Ravens Steelers game. So yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously look, I mean, we all know, we all knew going into this, the possibility of, you know, the COVID causing, you know, schedule shifts or whatever, but, you know, leave it, leave it to the Steelers to be involved in something like that uh, right out of the shoot there. And look, I mean, the fan base obviously isn't happy and, you know, the Steelers deep down the side, you know, you know the, the players and, and obviously the coaching staff, you know, probably not thrilled about it, but look, it is what it is. And, and you know, I, I, I try to look at everything real objectively and, and that, that, you know, tends to piss off a lot of the, the fan base and my followers and, and, and readers and all like that. But, uh, I don't. I don't think the Titans should have been uh, should have had to a forfeit, and I think it's kind of silly to even suggest that because there's not there has never even been a forfeit in the history of the NFL. And uh, look, did they show negligence there that that you know the day before uh, you know the day before the game actually got postponed? Yeah, but you know until that that memo came out, I think it was on the first or the second from the NFL, just basically being a huge uh, uh, hand slap and saying. Look, we mean business here. You know, if you, you know, if you, if you, if you start breaking these kind of rules and 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 not following protocols, we, you know, will intend on, you know, maybe maybe having a, you know, it might end up in a forfeit here. But uh, at no no time during this timeline was I in favor of the Titans having to forfeit that game, uh, and nor did I think they should have. It just it is just one of those things that sucks you know, as part of this whole uh, uh, COVID thing here. So that, you know, that goes against the grain, probably what you hear about, you know, the crybaby. Look, I, nothing irritates me to have Steeler fans whine about kind of stuff like this, you know. Uh, get over it. You know, the milk is, is spilled. Clean it up. Move on. And that that's where we are. And and really, Mike Tomlin, I think, has got, you know, the team in the, in the right you know frame of mind at this point uh, anyway. So there's nothing you can do about it. The bye week now has come early. Get over it and play these next 13 out. I want to talk to you real quick about Big Ben. So, you know, Big Ben's been our daddy for many, many years. We haven't won at Heinz Field since 2001. It's just what it is. It just is the fact. I'm sorry. Rephrase uh, that question next time. But uh, Big Ben was out all season last year. He was injured. Coming into this season, what were your expectations for Big Ben? Was it he just has to be good enough because the rest of our team will be fine to to, to make that big push in the postseason? And what have you guys seen so far from him post-injury? Well, look, you know, dating all the way back to throughout uh, the uh, throughout the rehab process with him, uh, you know, and in fact, uh, you, you had something wrong that the Browns' lone win at Heinz Field came in 2003, okay? Not, not 2001. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Tim Couch. Tim Couch is my bad, sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, so, you know, and uh, they have yet to beat uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, at, at, at Heinz Field there. So that's another thing you guys got going against you there. But, uh, uh, you know, back to Big Ben. Throughout this, you know, obviously been been monitoring the rehab process. And, look, I mean, Kevin Colbert, the GM, all all the talk was that, you know, we expect him to be fine. We expect him to be you know, back to, to, to his old self. In fact, his arm might be a little bit stronger through this. And, uh, you know, obviously there was no OTAs. There was obviously no, 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 mm-hmm. no uh, mini camps. And, and you get into training camp and, and really, you know, he really didn't. You know, we had videos along the way released by Roethlisberger and saw the progress. So I think more than anything, the, the train of thought getting into training camp was, Look, we have had no reason to not, you know, to not believe that he won't come back. Obviously, there was no physical proof yet. But then you get into training camp and you start hearing the players talk about, and you know, what what are they going to say? Boy, Ben's lost his fastball. Uh, you know, Ben, boy, Ben surely doesn't have. You know, you're not going to hear that from 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 teammates and all like that. You know, it's all all it's, it's obviously going to be positive. But you know, you could. You know, outside of maybe a spiral not probably being as tight as you would like going through the training camp process and all, there was still no signs, you know, that, that, that you know, he uh, – there was anything wrong with him. And here we are now four weeks or four games into the season for the Steelers. Uh, he looks fine. Now, let, let, let's, let's go back to 2018, uh, uh, the last full season that he played. You know, like it or not, Ben's game has kind of uh, – when it went under a transformation, especially when Todd Haley was here mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and on into 2018, technically you could call Ben in 2018, if you look at his uh, advanced analytics, as, as kind of a dink and dunk quarterback, okay? He gets a ball out a lot quicker than he used to. Uh, his average intended yards down the field numbers really shrunk. Uh, you know, he's still getting a nice completion percentage and all like that. Uh, and ha- the first half of 2018, he was not able to hit the deep ball for whatever reason. And there was a whole joke going around about the Wi-Fi not connected with Antonio Brown, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, second half of the season, he got on a better page with the deep ball, and that, that got dialed in. But even so, uh, his, his game has is, is kind of morphed into get the ball out quickly and then, you know, kind of take what's given you and then try to go for the home run about four or five times a game and, and hopefully connect. Now let's get into this season here. That's been what he's done. But on top of it is we've still yet to see really Ben dial in that deep ball. You know, he had that long touchdown pass to uh, Chase Claypool uh, down the left-hand side against Denver early, you know, uh, uh, early in the season there. But outside of that, really, he's still kind of struggled to dial in the deep ball. So that, and he, he joked about it the other day saying maybe, maybe, you know, he, you know, maybe the doc made his arm too strong because he seems to be overthrowing stuff and shooting it a little bit long. So if there's any part of his game right now where that, where, where there's a concern right now, it's the fact that he hasn't got that deep ball dialed in. The rest of it looks, looks fine. Looks like old Ben of the past. So that's kind of what, we're kind of looking for going into this game against the Browns is can Ben get this deep ball on track? And that's a great segue because I wanted to bring up Chase Claypool and someone who I'm not looking forward to going against on Sunday. You guys beat the Eagles over the weekend. Chase Claypool, your second round rookie out of Notre Dame, uh, four touchdown game. Like wh- who is this kid? What, what is, what's going on here? <laughs> Boy, that was something. Didn't see that one coming. I had him even sitting on the bench in one of my fantasy, uh, uh, fantasy leagues there so uh but yeah four tds uh three you know three receptions one of them was uh uh you know you know a jet you know handoff uh run there down down in the red zone there uh a lot of what you're seeing about him on tape now is is exactly what and i like to do what's called context contextualizations on targets and all like that of players during the pre-draft process. I don't know if you stopped by the site during the pre-draft process and all. Uh, we, we, we try to do full uh, player contextualizations where we go through and find you know six or seven games of targets and, and really just contextualize each one, link to the play and break it down that way. But uh, he is as ever. He's a big kid, big, strong, and fast. Okay. If you think about uh, you remember Jonathan Baldwin a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a pit product played for the Kansas City Chiefs was a was a first round draft pick. I, I use that loosely because it, uh, uh, they're similar in in kind of playing styles coming out of college. Now Jonathan Baldwin obviously kind of flamed out out real quickly, but both were kind of height height 
lightweight speed kind of guys there. Is it better? A is a better compare? Is a better comparison DK Metcalf then? I mean, not that that not that strong and fast, maybe just yet. I I, I get it. Uh, you know, I, I I would say a poor man's Calvin Johnson at this point. When you, you you gotta you gotta be careful, kind of using those two names together right. in the same set. Look, they you know they tried to label him Maple Tron, okay, because he's from Canada. You know, Maple Maple, you know, Maple Tree Leaf, all, all that like that. Got a merchandise uh, line. Looked, he's got a merchandise. Yeah, line yeah. Yeah, he's already got that going. So I, you know, I you know, call him a poor man's Calvin Johnson right right now at, at this point. But here, here, here's the thing with him, and here's the biggest shock of it of all when it comes to him. Obviously, there's been no OTA OTA programs. They didn't have the rookie mini camp. Uh, he really he didn't catch his first pass from Ben until they got together at a local high school in like June. Uh, had one of those player player workouts, you know, uh, player put together workouts and all like that. The fact that he grabbed onto this playbook playbook so quickly during uh, uh, during during training camp and has got himself in, in in you know on the field as as quickly as he has and making plays that says a lot about this kid. Incredibly smart. Uh, obviously, they had the audible late against the uh, Eagles and everybody was on the same page there that resulted in his fourth touchdown here but let's not lose sight let, let, let's not go overboard here yet either because he only has 13 NFL catches right now okay uh he is a guy that that can potentially take the, the top off your off the coverage but he's still not you know he, he had a great time at the combine and all but even yet he's still not what you would call a burner per se all right he's good on the slants he's good on 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 the intermediate routes uh he's good obviously down the sideline and one of the things that stuck out the most about him at Notre Dame in his tape was he was a combative catcher okay so that's where we're at on him uh definitely had a big game definitely has everybody's attention now not only in Pittsburgh but but kind of uh, uh nationwide but he, I don't think he's the kind of guy I think he's still a 25 snap a game guy because Juju plays the, the slot Deontay Johnson is the X, and uh, James Washington is the other Z. So uh, I don't think we've reached the point just yet where, where Claypool's going to be on the field for 50 snaps a game, 60 snaps a game. I think he's any, anywhere between a 25 to 40 snap guy right now. You definitely try to you know, do stuff to get him the, 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 the football, but you know, let's, let's pump the brakes just a little bit, bit here on him right now. It was a good game. Let's see where he goes from here. Yeah, and I you just named a bunch of the other guys that I'm worried about, especially with our secondary and safety situation right now. But to flip on the other side of the field, your defense, the Pittsburgh defense, you guys have Watt and Dupree, who are two of the best edge rushers in professional football. You have Hayward, who's one of the best inside rushers in football. You have Minka Fitzpatrick. My question to you is, who is the Steelers' defensive MVP so far this season? Here's a little bit of breaking news for you guys. The Jets just released Le'Veon Bell. They didn't trade him? They did not trade him. They just released him outright. Jets yeah. released Le'Veon. How, how about that? We're break, I'm breaking, you, breaking you news here on first. Your, I'm breaking news on your podcast for you here. No. For, uh, for the uh, record, uh, <laughs> I got to no, shout out the unpaid intern that helps us out on Twitter. He also runs my fantasy league. He told me good news. They're trading him, and I said, "Ah, buddy, I don't know if they're trading him. I think he's getting cut." Proceed. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, working work. They were going to have problems trading that contract anyway, and uh, going to be interesting to see where he lands now at at, at this point. But uh, what what was the question again? Out of all the defensive players you guys have, all the power back there between Watt, Dupree, Hayward, Fitzpatrick. You know, you guys are known for your defense year in and year out, but especially this year, you guys are, are, are formidable. You know, what is this or who is the Steelers defensive MVP so far this year after four games? Uh, it, you know, look, uh, TJ Watt. I mean, th this guy's been a monster on the edge right now. Uh, it, it's all him. The secondary is not playing. The secondary is not playing up to where they need to play or where they were playing last year. Now, 
Uh, I think it'll come. I think uh, I think there's a little bit of overreaction right now as to how the secondary has played through through four games. I think it'll get better. Uh, it better be better this week against the Browns. I mean, look, you're going against Odell Beckham Jr. and and and, and Landry, and you know, obviously got the new tight end over there and Hooper, and I mean, just weapons galore over there. And you know, you got backs out of backfield that can catch the football over there uh, on top of. Them. So it's not going to be an easy task. But uh, without a doubt, it it, it would be. Uh, T.J. Watt would, would be the guy that uh, the Browns should worry about the most going into this game. Uh, you know, the whole, it, just line them up on a defensive line and take your pick after that because you got uh, Bud Dupree on the other side at, at, at plays opposite T.J. Watt. You got uh, uh, obviously Cameron Hayward just been a monster. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephon Tuitt is back healthy again and playing like he played before he got injured in Week Six last year. Uh, and then you know when they're in 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 their base base Oki package, uh, Tyson Alualu uh, has been just absolutely fantastic at the nose. And there was really some concern about him really you know uh, moving over to fill in for Javon Hargrave this year, who was a big loss for the Steelers during during the offseason during free agency. Uh, uh, he's he's filled in nicely there. So this is a formable front for the Steelers. Uh, the linebackers really haven't had to do too much, talking about the off-the-ball linebackers in Vince Williams and, and Devin Bush, former first-round draft pick, because the line's been playing so well. Uh, and then the secondary, obviously Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson on both the corners, Mike Hilton, probably one of the, the most underrated slot uh, nickel corner back uh, in the league. And then obviously at safety, you got Mika Fitzpatrick back there who's yet to really make any game-changing plays, you know, this season. And then Terrell Edmonds, another another former first-round draft pick. So uh, uh, I don't think you – as good as this defense has played uh, at, at, at times this year, and obviously with the sack totals being as high as, they, uh, as they've been, I still don't think you've seen this defense play its best yet, and especially on the back end of the secondary. But uh, that's a long answer to your question about MVP or, or, or you know, the, the best player on defense, which is T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt. Uh, what about on the other side of the ball, your offensive line protecting Ben? So far you guys have played the Giants, Broncos, Texans, and Eagles. Has he been getting pressured at all? Are they buying him time? What's the story there? You know, it started off in this game against the Eagles. It started, it started off feeling like, man, it sure feels like he's getting hit a lot. But uh, overall, uh, the line has protected well. Now, look, as I said a little while ago, they, they do – Ben does a good job nowadays of getting the ball out quick, okay? In fact, I think he's got the lowest or second lowest uh, snap to snap to throw average time in, in, in the NFL right now. So, obviously, if you're getting the ball out quick, you're not going to get – you know, you're not going to, you know, have too many hits there. So uh, that, and then, uh, uh, you know, they got a little bit of surprise out of Chiquama Okora for at right tackle there. You know, they started the season with Zach Banner at right tackle, and he tore up his knee in that first game against the uh, against the Giants. So in comes Okora uh, for uh, a former, I think, third-round draft pick, and, and he's played well over there. Uh, DeCast- David DeCastro, obviously all pro, uh, pro bowl, uh, uh, right guard missed the first two games of the season, uh, with, with, uh, with a knee injury. He comes back for uh, now a game and a half, and then he suffered, suffered an abdominal injury, uh, in the first half against the, uh, against the Eagles. So he's questionable for this week, but they have the kid that they drafted out of Louisiana Lafayette, uh, Kevin Dotson, uh, <laughs> That kid's really been playing well at right guard uh, so, so far. He did, he really had a good game against Fletcher Cox uh, after taking over for DeCastro uh, in that game. So if DeCastro does not play against the Browns, it'll be Kevin Dotson getting a start at right guard. At left guard is our former right tackle, which is uh, 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 Matt uh, Filer. You know, so he he he's 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 held his own okay over there at left guard. Uh, You'd like to see him play a little bit better there. And, of course, Alejandro Villanueva over there at left tackle. Him and uh, him and Miles Garrett have already squared off a few times and uh, each have gotten the best of each other a few times there. So that, that'll be a pretty good battle over there. So offensive line is okay. Bid's not getting hit. As, as, in fact, he's only been sacked, I think, six times in total uh, so far. So, so far, so good. But this will obviously be a big test with uh, o- Larry o- o- Ogunjobi over there and, and Miles Garrett. It'd be interesting to see how, uh, you know, how often they move Miles Garrett around over there. 
uh, to go against either Villanueva or Chiquamo or Corfor, or even, you know, you know, sometimes they'll kick uh, Garrett in a, a little bit and, and put him over top of the, you know, a guard at, at times and be interested to see him line up against uh, Filer a few times. Yeah, it, you know, I, you just brought up a couple of things right there. And I think overall, because you led into my next question I wanted to ask you, is, you know, you talk about both sides of the ball, you know, the, the strengths and weaknesses of both teams. Where do you see or what matchups are you really looking forward to? And then what matchups are you not looking forward to against the Browns? Uh, I think you got to look at both of the edge rushers we just talked about. I think this is uh, this is uh, the marquee matchup, Watt versus Garrett, okay? I mean, you two marquee pass rushers in the league, uh, which one of those guys can potentially maybe impact the game the most? Now, uh, you guys know your line's probably a little beat up there. You know, you might have to uh, play Chris Hubbard uh, there at, at one of the guards. That's probably going to be a mismatch in the Steelers' favor there if that happens. Uh, the Steelers' all, defensive line, I think top to bottom, the Steelers' defensive line versus the Browns' offensive line versus the Browns' front versus the Steelers' offensive line. I think the Steelers have the advantage there. Uh, running game, obviously, the Browns' running game has been e- even losing Chubb. You know, you got uh, some some quality uh, people over there, some quality blocking uh, over there. Uh, and the Steers have been great against the run this year. So it'll be interesting to see that aspect of the game, the Browns running game versus the Steers front uh, uh, play into this. And then obviously the other thing to watch in this game, I would think, or really two other things would be the Steers secondary, which has not been great on third downs this year uh, uh, whatsoever, especially third and longs. It's been the most irritating thing that uh, this, this defense has given up not only third downs, but third and longs. I mean, you get a get a team in third and seven or more, you're supposed to get off the field. And and they haven't been able to do that with the frequency uh, this year. So uh, the Steelers secondary, obviously, versus, you know, uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And, and Jarvis Landy, that'll be a matchup. And then the other one, I think, is, is with Baker Mayfield. You know, you've got to make sure you keep him in the pocket. You know, because uh, Baker, when he when he gets out of the pocket, as we saw a few times last year against the Steelers, uh, was able to make some plays. So you have to give up a little bit maybe of the pressure just to make sure you keep Baker Mayfield throwing and, and, and uncomfortable in the pocket that way there. Lastly, unless you have anything else, Kevin, Dave, what are your predictions, score predictions for the upcoming match? Yeah, I, look, we, we try to save that one to tease on our own podcast on I remember that from Friday. last year. I remember that from last <laughs> year. You were out there, yeah. Uh, on Friday. But I, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, look, I mean, uh, the Browns are obviously going in, are, are, are in a much better direction. Uh, you guys are probably tickled pink right now at, at the start that this team has, has had. Uh, I do think, though, this is a tall – if this game was in Cleveland – uh, it'd be a little bit different circumstance here. Uh, and obviously with Ben, big Ben back, uh, uh, huge, you know, in, 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 basically what I'm saying is until the Browns can show that they can beat big Ben in Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm going to have no choice, but to, but, but to pick the Steelers in this game, you know? Uh, but I do think, I think we're talking about, uh, what is the line? Like four, uh, three or four points. I think uh, last yep. I looked on this yep. one. Uh, I think this is a field goal game. Uh, I think it comes down to to a field goal game. Uh, I would not be shocked if the Browns won this game. But once again, we're we're talking about the, you know a Browns team that that has only won once at Heinz Field. Uh, they have not beaten the Mike Tomlin coach Steelers at Heinz Field, and you got to figure Big Ben. You know, uh, uh, you know, got got a little something extra in this one here. So I expect a close game. I'm not going to give you a score prediction, but I, I think it's about a three point game here. And I would I will be picking the Steelers on our podcast uh, later this week. Kevin, yeah, I got to stay with my boys. You know, we haven't done it since Tim Couch '03. Shout out Tim Couch, friend of the program. I got to go. And, and same as you said, Dave. It really won't surprise me either way. But I got to keep the the juju running, pun intended, uh, 21-17 Browns. It's going to be close. It's going to be a shoot. We haven't had a shootout yet, Dave. The Browns have not had a shootout yet. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if one that, uh, that finally comes across here. I, I think both teams can score some points in this game, though. Yeah. It's very logical, Kevin. And the Steelers have not run into 
the jawline of Steven, of Kevin Stefanski yet. So I'm going to go Browns 67, <laughs> Steelers 13. All right. That, that close, huh? <laughs> you know, every time I predict a blowout uh, four times in a row now, it's worked. Um, so I'm going to keep riding that train until it stops. But, yeah, just uh, hope for a clean game with no injuries and no suspensions. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I look uh, real, real quick. Let me ask you guys uh, real quick. Uh, where are you at on this 2020 Browns team? And with the record the way it is right now, what would be considered a huge disappointment for the 2020 Browns? So I'm starting to believe I'm on the train. You know, when you first when you come off and you beat teams like Washington and Cincinnati, it's kind of like okay, you know, you got to look at the competition. Um, but you know, now that, you know, after beating Dallas, even though their defense stinks, and after, you know, beating the Colts at home over the weekend, you know, it's for the first time in many, many years we can look at this roster and look at this coaching staff and how they're putting their game plans together and switching things around and say, this is actually a good football team. Um, so I am fully in on this team right now. I've never seen a Browns team that likes one another so much that are playing together so well, that are actually respecting and listening to a coach like they are Stefanski. Um, I would be happy with nine and seven. That's what I said earlier this year. But um, to answer your question, a disappointment would be uh, if, if Miles Garrett goes down or if we lose Kareem, um, you know, that's uh, things can fall apart real quickly. Um, but in terms of record, I'm happy with nine and seven. I think we can even do better than that. Uh, Ten would be incredible. But again, it's just keeping everyone healthy um, and, you know, taking care of that run game until we get shut back. That's kind of where I'm at where I've started looking at games in the future stupidly thinking, you know, I think we can win that and then start calculating what the record could be, what I would be unhappy with. But I'm just so pumped that it looks like these guys are calling the right calls. They have a front office that knows what it's doing. That seems to be in line with the coaching staff. The culture's turning around. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. The issue has never been any one quarterback that we've had or one player or lack thereof. It's always been the front office, the coaching staff, mostly the owner. That's a different story. And I'm just pumped that it looks like they have the foundation to build on for the future. If we can get more than 10 wins or more than nine wins, more than eight wins, any one of, the, any one of those options I'm pumped with. It just looks like, a different team, and I'm stoked. So if they, if they if they hit nine wins but didn't make the playoffs, are uh, you are you that, breaking? That's a real thing with our division, man. I'm like, are, are you breaking? Are you breaking stuff at that point? No, or, no, no. no. Just gave off? us a winning yeah. record. It's just gave us a forward. winning record. It's, we haven't we even had a winning record. We have had one in my lifetime. So we know that that's okay. a step forward. We know we're a year or two away from seriously competing. Um, you know, we got to get for again. Baker's on his fourth head coach. Um, you know, we need. <laughs> a little consistency on the systems on both sides of the ball. Um, so, yeah, we have high hopes. Like, we, we believe in this team, but we know we're a year or two from seriously, seriously competing. To, to answer your question more directly, Dave, I am trying to get prepared for a big knock on wood, a 10-6 and six team that doesn't make the playoffs again. That's a real possibility in oh, this division. Oh, that's no, that'd be no that surprise hurt. at all. That'd be the least surprising thing of all time. So. But that, that, I'd, that, that, I'd, that I'd be okay with it, though. Yeah, that'd be a kick. Look, I'm old enough to remember back when, uh, when these games, you know, when 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 Brown Steelers games were, you know, something to behold, and you, you didn't know who was, you know, you didn't know who was going to win those games. So obviously, look, it, it's good for the it's good for the division to have, uh, you know, to have competition in there, and you know, it looks like the Bengals have got at least the quarterback, you know, uh, position maybe solved, and that's obviously, as you guys know, that's 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 the biggest chunk of. Look, you give me a quarterback, I can build a franchise around it, you know. Uh, and it looks like maybe they have one in, in Joe Burrow there. And, and look, I think you know the AFC North. I think for the next, you know, not that it hasn't been the case already, but you might start seeing for many many more years to come. You could see three teams uh, out of that division in the playoffs every year. Best division of football, hands down. And I think if there's one thing we can be assured of on this coming game on Sunday, Brown Steelers, it's going to be a very, very physical game for a number of reasons. But like we said before, hope everyone stays safe, uh, healthy, and there's no suspensions or any of that nonsense that happened in the past. But Dave Bryan, 
Really appreciate you coming on again, sir. Uh, I've never met anyone who is more about a single team than you do. I said that last year too. Um, again, for those of you following along, check Dave out at SteelersDepot.com. His podcast that drops on Friday, the Terrible Podcast. Steelers Depot, at Steelers Depot on Twitter. Dave, sir, thank you again. Happy Tuesday, guys. Any, any, any time. Good luck this weekend. Talk to you soon. Once again, thank you, Dave, for coming on and giving us a preview of what to expect from the Steelers. Big Ben, Coach Tomlin, and their defense is coming Sunday. The game is 1 p.m. Eastern. We got Romo and Nance on the call, allegedly. I believe it when I see it because we heard that for last week, too. Raleigh, any final thoughts? Will the offensive line hold true? Will they protect Baker Mayfield? Will Kareem Hunt single-handedly rush for 250 yards? Will Miles Garrett get another strip sack, cause another turnover? I don't know. I was trying to contribute. That was good off the cuff. Thanks again for listening. Like, subscribe on whatever platform. Tell your friends, family, loved ones. Mothers. You probably listen to this podcast. And uh, good night, Cleveland. Good night, Cleveland. Tried in As that feels simple as Ask about that pretty simple man I'm dreaming on good for a sick plan Than any other nigga could be thinking that I can't be a loser cause they figure that I can't be a lame, I'm cool in that I feel I love the fame, then I hate it back Thinking now what I should be twittering Why big bro take out the hot bitches Dear God, me too, I like the hot bitches I be the underdog all along till I'm gone I will live through a song, I'll be strong to the haters It's simple as that, it's simple as that It's simple as that, be simple as It's simple as that, it's simple as that It's simple as that, be simple as It's simple as that, it's simple as that It's simple as that, be simple as It's simple as that, it's simple as that uh, simple as that feels simple as simple as wish you would've thought I should've been They tried to tell me they don't get it, they don't let it Now I'll be damn, I came this far to let a fool live I gotta terminate, they hate to spread the positive Without it being whack, it's easy to the little kids So I curse like a sailor and a smoke weed I am exactly who an older rapper's kids be And who they love, hands to the universe Probably think they drug addicts, it's the spirit of Teddy verse My little mama sits a converse without a purse Long as the beauty looking juicy and he's styling on him It's simple as that, it's simple as that It's simple as that, for your simple ass It's simple as that, it's simple as that It's simple as that, for your simple ass It's simple as that, it's simple as that It's simple as that, for your simple ass It's simple as that As our hero seems to be dreaming in peace, a dark chapter unfolds, throwing Scott into the most eerie and unstable part of his imagination. So intense he cannot tell his dreams from reality. This is the rise of the night. Jones.